Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. And here's somebody that's going to let us know how he feels as well. Phil Bennett, longtime college football coach and former Baylor defensive coordinator. Phil, Baylor's a mess. I want to get into Texas OU quite a bit, but we'll come off of what we just mentioned with J.J. And he mentioned it, man. They need... They need to stop worrying about being pristine and image and branding and need to get in some football players. What say you? Well, yeah, I, I agree with J.J. I mean, it's obvious to me that uh, there's not there's a lack of toughness. Um, and, and really, you know, it's hard to win, David, when you can't stop the run and you can't run the ball. Mm-hmm. And, and um, that was the difference in that game. I mean, they were physical. We were not. And uh, – you know, Tech dominated from start to finish and and did not carry over anything from the second half of UCF. Um, and and right now, uh, I think one of the players said it. There's too much standing around waiting for somebody else to do something, but uh, it, it wasn't very impressive. Phil, you had a team that had a, a, a bad start to a season and then uh, was one of the, the, the better closes to a season that maybe, uh, it, you know, in the Big 12 that anybody could see in the way that you guys rebooted and started. Talent aside on, on that because you guys knew you had it and you just weren't hitting on all cylinders. Dave Aranda believes he has it, but how did you guys reboot your season when you had a losing record? You know, Paul, I told you last week, you, or really before the UCF game, when you're at this stage where they're at, you got to find out, hey, listen, this is what we can do. And, and we can win doing this. Uh, I see too much, too many things. I mean, uh, defensively, we don't do enough. We're too vanilla uh, to stop the run. We uh, Obviously, we're not good enough in base to stop the run. So we need to do some things. To, to create problems for the offense, uh, we don't do that. But we, you got to find things you can do, uh, number one, to give you a chance. Uh, the other thing offensively is is if you're, you know, you every week you scout yourself. And if there's a, a area that you just can't get it done, don't do it anymore. Look at another avenue. And, and you know, I, it, I know things go from game to game, but, but I, I go back to this. The team who usually can run the ball and stop the run is going to win the game. And, and that was a prime example in the, in the Tech-Baylor game. Uh, now, obviously, too, you, you've got to only play the players that deserve to play. I mean, there, there's times you have to make decisions and say, you know what, it, this is what we want. You're not giving it to us. We're going to give somebody else a chance. And, and I've had that happen, and guys – really come to the top, and, and you get better with that. How would you approach this bye week? Like, how does that kind of unfold in your mind, especially given the circumstances of, of what they're coming off of? Well, you know, 
these kids and these coaches are hearing all the negatives. Uh, you know, and what they've got to do, they've got to tune it out, and and they've got to take ownership of this season. The season's not over by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, there's, I've said this before, there's games to be won. And what they've got to do, they've got to go out, look at the areas that they're, they're, they're not good at, find out what they can do, and work on it. It becomes a work week. I mean, this week should be a work week to get better uh, on themselves, not anybody else, but on themselves. And then next week, start your game prep. Uh, and I think you have to look at, at it like that, or, or you're not going to grow as a team. Phil, you mentioned Monterey Baldwin, what he said in the post game. Last question about Baylor. Uh, he basically said that there are too many players who are just happy to be here for the ride. If you ever would have heard that as a coach on a team that is an assistant, a coordinator, or a head coach, what would you have done if you knew that? Well, I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, Kids say things, but I, I don't know the total situation, but I don't think in all my years, David, I don't think I've really heard that from a player. You know, I've heard him say, we got to get better, uh, but I really hadn't had one say, hey, we got too many guys here just for the ride. You know, and you know what? Unfortunately, at times, it looks like that might be true. All right. Oklahoma, Brent Venables, year two, they worked the portal. They recruited their asses off, and they look like it's a night and day difference for them. No question. No question. You know, and, you know, the thing, too, that, that in that game, Texas, you know, had almost 600 yards. But three turnovers were the difference in the game, and they were forced turnovers. You know, Oklahoma's D-line uh, totally dominated the line of scrimmage. And, and those three turnovers gave, you know, along with, the great job that, that Levy and Seth Luttrell did with the offense uh, was a winning formula. Phil, the uh, a lot of times in big rivalry games, things get sloppy uh, and you're tense and all that. Um, I was just came away impressed with that game and that it was just a really good game. And look, they both teams played well at times. Both teams, you know, it didn't seem like anybody made mistakes because the moment was too big for them. Well, I'm going to tell you, I've been to a bunch. I've been in Bob Watt, uh, Texas OU a long time, and you're right. It, it was a very – it was a highly competitive, well-coached, both sides of the ball, you know, uh, things, you know, one would score. You know, and I, and I said – I was actually in San Antonio watching Incarnate Word, and I told one of the coaches there after uh, Texas had scored, and I said they might have scored too quick. And, and sure enough, Jeff – you know, and what happened, the only thing I would be critical of Texas is they went into sort of like a prevent defense. They didn't do what they had been doing against Gabriel the last two series, you know, a little bit of pressure, mixing it up. They sort of played soft, and he made them pay for it. You know, he scrambled, and I tell you, Jeff did a really good job with a quarterback run game, and I don't think he has asked him to run as much as he did in that game and it, it really helps them. And if you're running that offense a minute 15, does that feel like you have about 20 minutes to actually get the job done with as quickly as that thing can move and just hit a couple big plays and boom, you're down the field? Well, no question. I mean, they do it, they do, they do it every stop. And, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but they caught, Taylor, uh, caught Texas in a sub situation on the first, I think it was like they, they, they went 
about 15 yards on the first play. Mm-hmm. Made a great play. Threw a pass, and then they caught him in a sub situation and got an infraction, got a penalty, and had a free play and sort of got him on the heel. And, and then I sat there and I said, this is trouble. And then at the end of the game, you know, they and I don't understand this, but they ran a, a, a zone blitz and the receiver that caught the touchdown pass, there was only a, a, a corner there and there were two receivers. So they were a man short. They got him confused. And, and like, as I said, it really, Gabriel really, you could tell he's mature. He's played a lot of football. Uh, the moment certainly was not big, you know, too big for him. And if you remember a year ago, he didn't play in that game. No. And and, and he missed that game. And what a difference he was. When he threw the touchdown pass, I, I went back and stopped the video. He had, I, I, I maybe I'm wrong, six to eight guys around him. Like within, like it was a cocoon. And, I mean, defense and offensive players all around him. He's not a big, tall guy. How, no, how no, impressive, as a defensive coach, how impressive was it that he kept his poise and got that pass off? Oh, it, it was very impressive. And I think it, I, I think the thing you saw, I think a lot of people saw that. He, he uh, you know, he's, he's, probably, he's not even six foot, but, but he was smooth. Uh, he knew, you know, that, that old saying, knowledge is power. Uh, and, and I want to, you know, I want to throw Jeff in there. Jeff's done a great job of teaching him where it's going. They were bringing some pressure from the field, and he knew to the nub side. He knew, you know, what was there, and and he never backed off. He didn't. He didn't look at the rush. He knew where the breakdown was, and it became wide open. And he put it. He throws a very nice touch ball, very smooth, nice touch ball. He reminds me of Drew Brees. Hmm. Um, what would you do if you were um, Mario Cristobal the last 48 hours? Oh, man, man. <laughs> you know, I, I wish – I know Mario and I like him. I, I wish he would have just come out and said, hey, you know, if, you better own up to it. Of course, everybody at Baylor still remembers the UNLV Kevin Steele game. And, uh, you know, I want to tell you something. You look at the A&M-Alabama uh, game. I had no idea what, what Nick was doing at the end of the game when he threw the bubble. <laughs> did, did you see that? Yes. Guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, all he had to do, and he could have, quarterback could have, you know, give ground, come back, you know, and taken all the ground. They could have taken the clock off. But when he threw the ball the first time, I'm thinking, oh, my God, what is he doing? And then that night to see that, and I think it was almost, uh, you know, to the Aggies, it was it was a it was a double bad day because here's their old quarterback, who who they didn't think was good enough, you know, Miami, you know, beats them bad, and then he beats Miami on the last play of the game. So, uh, you know, it was a terrible mistake. And and I read something, and and uh, Mario talked about, well, I've always done that. You know, I'm not sure I would be telling that many people that when I make $8 million to win games. And it was, you know, you know, it's just uh, you can't fix things like that. I mean, you, you know, you tell the players, be smart. Don't be selfish. You know, don't do stupid things. And then as a coach, you just got to own up to it. And hopefully that you can, you know, can get this team back. 
um, he did it in 2018 and lost a game when he was at Oregon to Stanford. Same same thing. It just it, it took him to overtime to do it uh, as well. So it's not the it's not. Yes, he has always done it uh, that way. Phil uh, on A and M, they. Uh, Jimbo Fisher made a really bad clock decision in that one as well, uh, burning a timeout when they were going to run the field goal team out. He also is very averse to going for it on fourth down. When that that kind of has changed all across football, how did you feel about going for it on fourth down? Because he is near the bottom of the country. He goes for it less than one time a game per, per season. Well, you know, of course, Spending seven seasons, six or seven seasons with Art Brow, that's a given for me. I remember this. My wife is sitting here listening to me. The first, she, of course, our daughter was at Baylor. And before I went there, I was at Pitt. She told me one time, she said, I want to tell you what I love about Art. Before I was ever there, she says, he goes for it every fourth down. And lo and behold, the next thing I know, he's offering me a job. First thing she tells me, she goes, you better understand, he's going to go for it all over the field on fourth down. And <laughs> it's, it, it, and he did. But, you know, for some at that point in that game, you send your kids a match. I love what Art did. I bought into it. Art says, hey, we're not backing up. No, we're not going to be stupid. If it's fourth and six, the fourth, we're way backed up. But he always lets the kids know our expectancy, hey, we're a four-down team. And I think in all our years, we went for it more than anybody. I, I think Jimbo sent his players a bad message. It was it was less than a yard, uh, and, I, you know, the ball was at midfield, and you're in a game that, that can really put you in the driver's seat in the SEC West, and yet, yet you know, you punt it. Uh, and, and I think that sort of – at that point, they lost the edge. I think they lost some momentum. The other thing, I think when they got down on the two-yard line, when the kid uh, stepped out and they got the penalty, you know, uh, the, the first play, if you remember it, they ran the ball. You know, and they were sort of getting uh, down there. The quarterback, they were throwing to the back. Uh, I would have liked this. And then, of course, they get a penalty. I'd like to see them try to throw on first down there. Uh, because it looked like very obviously that that Alabama's D line was dominating A and M front, so their only chance was try to get the ball in the perimeter. But uh, yeah, I thought I thought that sent a bad message. Coach, a few weeks ago, Alabama was you know dead on arrival, losing to Texas, and now here they are in the huge win over A and M. What are your thoughts on what you've seen as they've adjusted these last uh, the last month or so? You know, Kevin Steele is a good friend of mine. I talked to him last week, and he made a great statement. He said that, uh, you know, Milrow did not play versus South Florida. I believe it's South Florida. Mm-hmm. Nick came in, talked. He really liked his young coordinator, but he told him, he said, listen, it's our best chance to win. Let's find out what he can do, do those things, and not ask him to do things he can't do. They played good defense all year. I think yards per snap, they're at four, four yards a snap. Defensively, I don't think they've given up. Uh, they're, they're right around 290 yards a game, uh, and and I think that's played out. They beat Ole Miss, a very good team. They went to Mississippi State and won, and I really think he got his confidence in A&M. You know, A&M made a conscious decision on defense. We're going to crowd the front. We're going to be physical. 
and we're going to sort of leave our corners and safeties in coverage. And it, it didn't work for him. He ends up throwing for, I think, 337 yards, three touchdowns. And, uh, you know, they were able to dominate the run. You know, it's, it's a crazy thing. Everybody talks about the SEC being physical, you know, O-line. Do you know what both of them average running for snap? One yard of carry. I'm not that, day. Golly. Uh, one of them wasn't it? I don't think Alabama, I think they were .9, and A&M <laughs> was 1-1. One, one. How about that? That's ridiculous. So, Phil, uh, the – I'm kind of, I'm always going to be fascinated by Nick Saban and what he did with Jalen Milrow and what he was willing to endure and the confidence he had to win that game at South Florida because he sent Jalen Milrow a message that game about how ugly he was willing to let it get if his attitude didn't change. And then not only that, if, you know, if you're on that sideline and go, man, if we put Milrow in this game, this could change everything, and Coach Saban doesn't care, that sends a message to everybody, doesn't it? Without a question. You know, one, one of the, Nick's strongest traits, and, and it's admired by any everybody, is Nick is and Bill Saban are two of a kind. I mean, excuse me, Bill Snyder. Is they believe in their process. And, and if you're not involved, and you don't believe in that process, you can't be there. And, and you're exactly right. I mean, people ask, well, why didn't he play? Simple. He was not going to play. If it would have come down to triple overtime, he would have never got in that game because he was making a point. And, and you know what? It, it, it could pay off for him now. I still don't think they're a great dominant team, but uh, it, it sure has paid dividends. You're exactly right. You mentioned that he kind of himself through that bubble screen, whatever it might have been. He admitted in the press conference that they won despite him. Uh, Nick Saban, who can walk on water as a football coach, immediately criticized himself in the press conference. I, I thought that was really pretty cool. Well, you know, I'm going to give you an insight on that. You know what happened on that? Because I couldn't stand it. I text, I Before they got to the airport, I text one of their coaches. I said, what in the – and I, like I said, I told you I was in San Antonio. He said, you always tie trailers with throws. You know, like it's read pass. You know, it's, it's run pass. I'm sorry. And and they saw everybody, A&M was playing the box. Everybody was in the box. So he said, hell, I'm just going to throw it out. out. It, it was one of his options. They didn't give a stay call, meaning the pass is not an option. Just run the ball. And this kid is not experienced enough to know, hey, I shouldn't throw the ball. And, and they didn't put a stay call with it, and and that's exactly what happened. He did what they normally practice. Because if you look at the nickel, A&M's nickel, he was almost in the box. And let me say this. Go back and look at that. If he catches the ball, he might score. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, uh, everybody that watches this, the chat room loves your segment with us. We appreciate you very much. Craig, you have one more with Coach? Yeah, Coach, just uh, here at the halfway point, based on your own eye test and expertise and all that, who are the four best teams in the country right now, in your opinion? Well, I, I tell you, it's number one, until Georgia loses, you got they've got to be one of them. All right? I think Ohio State has proven that they're starting to get their mojo back. Uh, and then I would have to go – I would have to look at, at both – Oregon, uh, I like their quarterback. 
and I like the quarterback at Washington. Those would possibly be my, my five. I don't think USC can ever be a championship team with playing defense the way they're playing. Uh, I like Michigan, uh, but I just don't know enough about them. Uh, their quarterback, you know, Michigan would be in there somewhere too. So you could you could say five. Well, and we'll get to talk to you about Oregon, Washington uh, yeah, next, next week. week. So that'll be yep. a lot of fun. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. All Love right, guys. The segment. Be good. That's Phil Bennett, former Baylor defensive coordinator, longtime college football coach, and is always just fun. And all the he can text the guys on the Alabama staff. Text somebody that's maybe on the staff somewhere else. And that also was what he brings to the table for us, and I love that. Left out a team, and it's, you know, I'm just saying. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.